Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key, on this Saturday noon. I pray that the day has found you favorable, and the reason I say that is because you have been reconciled in harmony and favor with your Creator. Therefore, you have dominion and authority over the day. And that they only can have dominion and authority over you if you submit to it. You are made in the image and the likeness of your Father. As this become a reality to us, that we will begin to battle war and live in the realm of the supernatural in ways and dimensions that we have never experienced before. One of Satan's greatest weapons, against several weapons, but one of his greatest weapons against the church or even humanity at large is uh, blindness, deception. He's a master deceiver. Think about it. If he can pull a third of the angels, perfect beings that God created, if he can manipulate a third of the angels out of heaven from their creator, God himself, can you imagine what, how he can manipulate God's people and how he manipulates God's people? The way he manipulates is through deception. He's a master manipulator. So his goal is to get you to doubt who God says that you are. And think about it. If you doubt who God says you are, how in the world... Can you fulfill purpose? And how in the world can you live in the strength of who you are where he has blinded you from who you are? He's a master. Every human being upon the face of the earth, that's probably one of his greatest um, tactics that he used against us to defuse you and I and to stop and to hinder you and I from going forth in great strength and great power, manipulation, lies, he tricks, uh, try to trick us. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 4 and 4, how the God of this world has blinded, blinded the minds of them that believe not, least the glorious light of the gospel will shine unto them. Then, according to that particular verse, then the gospel is to bring light. The gospel is to bring revelation to who you really are. It's to reveal your true identity. Your true identity is not the person that you see in the mirror. It's the person that lives in the person you see in the mirror. You got to come to the place. I must come to the place. Um, that the inner man, the real me, I must discover him. The Bible says that your life, my life, and every born-again believer's life is hidden with God in Christ. It's what? Hidden with God in Christ. 
So the gospel is to bring light to the that which has been hidden in God in Christ. So therefore, if he blinds me, how in the world can a blind man find his way? At least someone guide him. So his ultimate goal is to blind the minds of them, the believers, that we believe not, ladies and gentlemen, not so much believe that God is God because almost Almost every human being, not all, almost every human being, excuse me, human being, uh, let me slow down here. Almost every human being believes that God is God. Not all, but almost. But the, but the Bible said the devil even believes in tremble. So therefore, you and I must come to the place that we ask God, the Spirit of God, that's his job, is to unveil me to me. And it's really not difficult, but we make it difficult. So he comes to blind my mind to get me to doubt who I am in God or not get me to not even discover who I am in God. So therefore, we got so many people who go to church every Sunday. We go to a midweek service. We may, be, may, may even lead a, a small group, whatever the case may be, and we're just passing on information and passing on information and passing on information that we don't even really believe ourselves because the majority of information that we pass out, how many have experienced it? So he comes to blind us. He don't care if we preach it. He don't care if we teach it. He don't care if we confess it. He don't care if we prophesy it. And it can be accurate as long as you and I don't believe. The Bible says that you and I, ladies and gentlemen, every human being is really made in the image and the likes of God. Why do you think people uh, is not uh, uh, born again, those that is not born again? Why do you think they're not born again? Why do you think they have no taste of uh, propensity, I would say propensity, but no taste, no desire, no inclination for God, the things of God? The God of this world has blinded them, so therefore blindness don't stop with the unbeliever, but Christians is blind. So you and I cannot successfully war a good warfare against this devil, against the powers of darkness. He is a manipulator. I remember when I was in, 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 in high school, there was a young man that lived on the street uh, from where I grew up. Uh, he was a Christian. I used to pick, at, pick him, hey, church boy, salvation wasn't in my plan. I was not a church goer. I was a raw sinner, and I enjoyed being a sinner. If sin was not an enjoyment, they didn't think about it. If sin was not pleasurable, it was not an enjoyment, nobody would do it. That's what makes people not want, don't want to quit sin, because it's enjoyable. It makes you feel good. It makes you look good. So therefore, therefore, he, when you give your life to the Lord, that means a ray of light has come. In order for the kingdom of God to be advanced, ladies and gentlemen, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm laying foundation here because I want to get to something we just uh, concluded uh, Resurrection Sunday on, on, on last week. And I want to deal with that because there's some powerful principles in there in dealing with spiritual warfare and dealing in the supernatural. You got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. You got to get this. And you got to really believe. I know without a doubt. I know without a doubt this is your due season set time. Those that really will believe it. Because nothing works without faith. And there's no faith, there's no grace. So if there's faith, there will always be the presence of grace. Grace is the ability of God. See, even when we do spiritual warfare, we do it from the perspective of faith, and then grace will 
is the one that will manifest itself and subdue every enemy that is contrary to the will and the purpose of God for your life. Have to get the fundamentals down. Had an excellent, excellent uh, Bible study with my uh, family uh, the, uh, this morning, and there's some of the principles that we were sharing. But nevertheless, let's get to this right here, if you will. When it comes down to the God of this world, come to blind you. His goal is to get you to doubt. And the Bible says, double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Do Satan know that scripture? Absolutely. So his quote's goal is to get you to waver. It's getting me to waver. It says, a double-minded man is unstable, is unstable in all of his ways. <clears throat> and let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. And all things come from God. All good and perfect gifts come from above. So therefore, his goal is to get you and I to waver, to get you and I to doubt, <laughs> And know the scriptures let us know. If a man doubt, that man receive absolutely nothing. What is that famous scripture? Uh, uh, those that was raised up in the faith movement, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Uh, if you have faith in God, you will be able to speak to the mountain, tell the mountain to be thy removed and be thy cast into the sea. And doubt not in your heart, you shall have what you what say. You shall have what you say if you doubt not. Do say the note of scripture. Absolutely. Then what will be the warfare? To get you in out of doubt. To get you in out of doubt. So, so if we're doing spiritual warfare, our spiritual warfare is ineffective because I'm warring with hesitation. I'm warring from a position of doubt. I'm not sure. I'm not confident. And so, therefore, forces of darkness cannot be moved. You and I cannot subdue. We, you and I cannot operate in the original commandment that God gave humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, that commandment has not ceased. That is really the purpose of the church, is to fulfill that commandment or to execute that commandment. Put it that way. It's to execute that commandment. What commandment? Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. For, for what? So they can have dominion of the fish of the sea to follow the air and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. So, so to have dominion over the earth uh, has been placed in your hand and my hand. And to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth with the kind of man and woman that you have become. That's the original commandment, is to take dominion to subdue, to take dominion and to subdue. That's warfare. That's warfare, to take dominion and to subdue, to take dominion and to subdue, to take dominion and subdue. Now, notice what it said. That's the original commandment. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. You was born again, ladies and gentlemen, to have dominion. You was born again to subdue on the behalf of the one that you were born again of. You're born again of the Spirit. That's my responsibility and your responsibility. In order for the kingdom of God to be advanced, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus laid the foundation. He laid the framework. So therefore, the original command, see, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, you've got to understand exactly what happened. There was a reversal that took place. Everyone that received Jesus goes back to the original commandment. 
The blood of Jesus cleanses you and I from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus has removed your sins, my sin. So therefore, to put me back in the original commandment or the original relationship that Adam had with God before he sinned. And the, and, and the original commandment still stands. To take dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, if that is the case, and that is the case, and it is the reality, to take dominion, what's the purpose of taking dominion of the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth? For God to receive the maximum amount of glory. Then they make sure the question. He said, and notice what it said, in every creeping thing, and then it goes on to say, and over all the earth. And over what? The earth. The, the Bible said, the earth is who? The Lord's. And what? And the fullness thereof. So if the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and he's given you and I an assignment to take dominion and to subdue, that means if anything that is manipulating God's creation, it's my responsibility, your responsibility, to take dominion and subdue. Now think about it. Think about it. If I'm struggling and you struggle believing who I am, who are going to be focusing on, uh, on taking dominion of the earth? Who are going to be focused on subduing the earth? The devil got you so occupied with yourself. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm a Christian. Sometimes I, I, I feel like I'm a Christian. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm a Christian. Sometimes I believe. Sometimes I don't believe. God, help us. All of us. God, help us. And now the devil is manipulating God's creation. He's manipulating the wind. He's manipulating the, uh, uh, the rain. He's manipulating the atmosphere. He's manipulating the earth itself. Now, think about it. Where there is famine, was there a famine when God created Adam? Absolutely not. Because famine is a form of death. So if that is the case, should there be famine? Absolutely not. Should there be hurricanes? Absolutely not. Should there be tornadoes? Absolutely not. Because there's no tornadoes in heaven. There's no hurricanes in heaven. There's no famine in heaven. The kingdom of God has come where? In the earth. For what reason? That the will of God will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But who's responsible for making it the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven? The church. Where is the kingdom of God? In the church. Who is the church? You and I. You and I are the church. Luke, Luke 17, 20, if I'm not mistaken, says the kingdom of God comes not with observation. Nobody would be able to say, low here, low there, uh, low there, uh, low here is the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is within you. And really don't mean that uh, uh, the original don't say within you, it says among you. Because he was the kingdom amongst them. And the kingdom couldn't be in them until Jesus died and the Spirit of God came back. And now the kingdom of God is in us. The moment we receive Jesus Christ, we receive the kingdom. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. But if I'm struggling with who I am and how many Christians struggle with the majority, we struggle believing. I was sharing some principles uh, with my family as we were teaching on, um, I'm taking them through a process uh, 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 that I'm going to take the church through the process, take my family first and take the church second, uh, those that desire. 
we're not mandatory nobody to do anything, those that desire. But this is the route that God has taken me. We will share some principles by sharing. If you understand the fundamentals, if you just get the fundamentals down, and the reason we're easily moving, easily shaken, even though in spiritual warfare, because we don't know who we are, know why, because we don't have the fundamentals down. The fundamentals of faith and grace. The fundamentals of faith and grace. You will save uh, 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 by faith through grace. I think that's the way to say by grace through faith. You, it's faith and grace. It's because of your faith. You believed, you trusted, grace came and brought salvation. Grace came and brought salvation. It's everything to do with the supernatural. If you get the fundamentals down, if you get the foundation down, you can build on who you are. And I said, I'm going to give you an example. I said, have you ever seen uh, uh, God use great men and women of God? Yeah. Uh, 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 you've seen uh, signs, wonders, and miracles? Yes. I said, we've seen these things, right? I said, yes. I said, you know what the problem is? I'm going to tell you what the problem is. When we see God use somebody, what you're seeing is the person. You don't have the ability to see the grace. So it is that person, faith, but it is grace that's doing the miracles. It is grace that's manifesting itself. But the person is the instrument. We hear these things, but we still don't understand or believe. Because what happened? We begin to exalt the person. We exalt the man. And then we, wanna, we want God to raise us up and use us. So what we begin to do? We begin to fast more and pray more and fast more and pray more and read more. Fast, pray, read. Fast, pray, read. Fast, pray, read. And you get frustrated and aggravated and nothing is happening in your life. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Why, why do you think that? Because you did not allow what you saw happening through the man through the woman to lead you to the source. You weren't able to see the source, grace. And what you should realize and understand, what you see in manifesting is a man and a woman's faith in God. Because their faith in God, then grace is released through them to accomplish the will of God. And what you see in manifested is showing you their faith, what they really believe. They believe that God is this. God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is a provider. You just see the provisions, but you don't see their faith in God. It's their faith in God that manifests the provision. Without faith, listen, there could be no grace. There could be no provision. There could be no manifestation. The manifestation is the grace of a man's faith in God. But what we do, we lift up the man. And we look at the woman that is a dispenser of grace or an instrument of the grace of God as a result of their faith in God. I said, I have to get balanced. Sharing my, my truth, I said, do you all understand now the statement I have made, everything you see your father has accomplished? You understand now, I tell you all the time, this is not me? He said, yes, Dad, I, we, we, we see now, understand in a greater way. I said, this is not me. I said, this is God. I said, your dad ain't smart. Your dad is not brilliant. <laughs> your dad just believed God. And grace comes and provides. Grace comes and, 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 and the miracle that God has used me. Uh, and it's grace, not me. When you see God move economically in your father's life, it's not your father have a degree in economics, uh, anything of that particular nature. Don't have none at all. 
Just, just understand the fundamentals of, of the word of God. I, I believe if I pay my tithe. I believe when I give my offering. This is real to me that, that God himself will and has already opened up a window of heaven and poured me out a blessing that I have room not to receive. Even, ladies and gentlemen, when I don't see nothing happening, when it seems like I'm getting down to my last dollar, you'll never see me panic. You'll never see me move because I believe what was accomplished on Calvary's cross and what was accomplished in Jesus' resurrection and his ascension and his enthronement. Ladies and that's real to me that Satan really was conquered and victory was really restored when Jesus rose from the dead. Life was restored. Victory was restored. Everything that you and I need was restored. But we don't see everything restored. We don't see everything provided, as Hebrews said, but we see Jesus. That's the only thing you need to do. I see Jesus. So because, and watch this right here, by me paying my tithe, giving my offering of first fruits, by me doing these kind of things, it reveals faith in God. So this is what required. He said, this is what I want you to do. See, God don't need money. He don't need money. And tell you the truth, you don't need it yourself. You just need him, but money will come to you. We need to survive in this realm. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible also said money is to answer all things in this realm to the natural, but not to the realm of God. Because Jesus didn't have it. He took dominion over it, and money always came to him. I'm trying to show you the principle here. If you get this, ladies and gentlemen, it's absolutely no stopping you. And you don't have to be no apostle. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be an evangelist. All you got to do is be a man and woman of God, submitted to authority now. Right? I'm not telling you being a renegade. This is not what we teach you, being a renegade. Amen. God has an order. Every family should have a father and a mother and children. That's the order of God. So when I pay my tithes and give my offering for fruits, so that's, that's a revelation of my faith in who? God. Then grace is going to come. Grace is going to be provided to me. And grace is going to come in what? A wonder being opened, a blessing being poured out, that I have room not to receive, and God turns around. Watch this right here. Watch and God turns around and rebukes the devourer. I don't have to say, I bind you, Satan. Take a loose my finances. All I got to do is activate the law. Do what he tells me to do. Give my tithes, give my offering, first fruits, what the case may be. It automatically binds Satan. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So the devourer is already uh, rebuked. God said, I will rebuke. You don't have to rebuke. Your tithe released the rebuker. My tithe obeying God releases God. That's what grace is. Grace is nothing but God's ability. It's God himself. It's performing. It's God himself doing. My grace is sufficient. My ability is sufficient to cause you to be sustained. When hell breaks loose against you, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My ability, my strength, my power, my authority over every devil, demon, man, woman, boy, and girl cannot stop you nor destroy you because my grace is sufficient for you. Are, are you getting this? So my, my faith and, and God is always going to be revealed in my obedience to the word of God. I do the word of God. 
When I do the word of God, so reveal, I have faith. That means doing the word of God reveals my faith. My faith is going to always produce grace. Grace is going to come as a result of my faith. You cannot operate in one without the other. Faith and grace is like Siamese twins. You cannot separate them. If there's, if there's going to be the presence of faith, there will always be the presence of grace. Something is going to happen as a result of your faith and my faith. Something is going to happen. It may not manifest immediately, but the moment you believe is the moment something is happening. Just like Daniel. Remember Daniel? The Bible says when Daniel prayed, God heard him the first day, but it took 21 days before the angel broke through. Daniel's faith was in God. What's the revelation of his faith was in God? By him praying to God, asking God for an answer. That's his faith. What was the grace? The angel was dispersed the same day he prayed. But there was a holdup. There was the prince of Persia holding the angel up. But his faith, the moment he put faith in God for an answer, grace was released. The grace is the angel being dispersed. But there was a warfare. There was warfare. They tried to block it and stop it. It didn't block it and stop it. Nothing can block and stop the grace of God. And matter of fact, you got to understand this right here, that the time that Daniel was living in is different times than now. You know why? Because humanity at large was not redeemed. The earth was not redeemed. The Bible says uh, God was in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, uh, 7 uh, 19. I think it's 19. God was in Christ reconciling the world, not the church, the world, unto himself, not imputing their transgressions unto them. So, therefore, when Jesus died, he just died for the church. He died for the sin of the world, the sin of the world, the sin of the world. So, therefore, now we're in a dispensation of grace. They were in a, Daniel was not in a dispensation of grace at the time. But what, what made it uh, uh, um, the angel be able to respond to it immediately because Daniel was a covenant man of God. He was a son of, Israel, uh, son of Abraham. So it works almost on the same premise as we in the church today, and they were covenant men and women, so they had access to God as a, as a result of their covenant. You and I have access to God as a result of our covenant. The Hebrew says we have, you and I have a new and better covenant, new and better covenant. That means, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel had direct access. You and I have instant access. But the devil tricks us, the God of this world. He comes to blind our mind, causes us not to believe, causes us not to trust. God, because of what's happening in the earth realm, hell break loose against you. The devil challenge, uh, attack your finances. And even though you pay your tithes and you give your offering, the, so I got people that's loyal, dedicated. We are a giving church because of the grace of God on my life and my wife's life. We're givers. And so, so uh, the what's on us usually falls upon the people. So we, we do have pretty great givers because Captain and I, we're, we're great givers. Now, now watch this right here. So but what happens is there is an enemy. There is an enemy to your destiny. There's an enemy of your finances. There's an enemy of your health. There's an enemy. His job is to get you and I to doubt. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So therefore, watch this here. The word of God cannot lie. Give, and it shall be given unto you. We quote it, but we don't believe it. Good measures, pressed down, shaking, getting running over, shall men give into a bosom. You are, many of you on, on this broadcast, it's great givers, but you have not seen a great return. 
You said, well, well I don't know. The, the, the devil fight me. The devil can't stop the grace of God. He cannot stop the grace of God. The grace of God, listen, uh, John 1 says, grace and truth came by way of Jesus Christ. John chapter 1. Uh, I forgot what verse it is. Grace and truth, I think it's around about 14, 13, 15, somewhere up in there. Grace and truth came by way of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what that means? In order for grace to cease, Jesus has to cease to exist. He has to cease to exist. That ain't happening. For Jesus to cease to exist, that means God ceased to exist. That means the Holy Spirit ceased to exist. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> Do you understand that, that, that your faith that releases grace is guaranteed? Nobody can stop it. Demons can't stop it. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl can stop it. Nobody can stop it. They're, they're Siamese twins. Faith and grace. The ability that God has released to accomplish what you have faith in. I want to say what you have faith in. The dimension of God you have faith in. Not just having faith in anything. It's faith is dealing with, always deal with God in Christ. The, the fundamentals of faith. The Greek word pistis. It's faith, confidence, trust. In him, and then his release. Remember the woman that your blood? She said within herself, she heard about the scripture, she heard about Jesus, and she said within herself, she spent all of her money. She know what? Spent all of her money. All her natural resources is dried up. And that's what it usually takes for many people before they come to the revelation of who they are in Christ. The scripture, she heard about Jesus. And she said to himself, if I only can but touch the hem of his garment, I will or shall be made whole. That's what she said. No, so she didn't hear a sermon. She just heard about the signs, wonders, and the miracles that were taking place. She was a daughter of Abraham. She was a covenant woman. But if I only can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Now watch this right here. She touched it. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? You know the story. And he looked upon her. And what was his uh, response? Your faith made you whole. And read it in the Amplified, it is dynamite. In the Amplified version, it says, your faith, uh, uh, no, your faith in me, springing from faith in God, has made you whole. Other words, you could not have faith in me if you didn't have faith in God. Because you had faith in God, then faith came to you to have faith in me, and your faith pulled from me what you needed, which is grace. Grace and truth came from by way of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I think this faith and grace is really in my spirit because I had no attention to come here and talk about faith and grace. I really can't have attention to come talk about a little bit about the resurrection power of God. But I believe God won't have a radio audience to get this thing down pat and you lead this line, and you will begin to do battle, and you will take possession of everything that God has spoken in, uh, over your life and, and promised you. It is yours today. It is not yours tomorrow. It is yours today. The God that you serve, ladies and gentlemen, he's not limited and bound by time. He created time, and time only works under the heaven. Time don't work in heaven. It's only under the heaven. In this realm, time operates. So God can't get old. God is. Simply, he is. 
There's no beginning nor ending of days with God. There's no beginning with God. You say, well, the scripture in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word in this realm, <laughs> not in, in eternity. <clears throat> in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God in this realm. There's a beginning in this realm. Genesis 1, in the beginning, not in the beginning of, of, uh, of, of time, uh, eternity, because there is no beginning of eternity. God is. In the beginning of the creation of the world, of the creation of the heavens and the earth. Are, are, are we getting this? So as we begin to understand this, ladies and gentlemen, as we begin to understand that how this thing operates, that who you are, who I am, there's absolutely no stopping because the moment you believe. Let me go back to the woman that's your blood and finish up there and go on. He said, your faith. Your faith has made you whole. Your, what? your faith has made you whole. Could he say this? Say it this way. Your grace made you whole. Grace has made you whole. Not your grace. Grace has made you whole. Grace made you whole as a result of your faith in me. God, your Father, God, gave you the capacity to believe in me. It's your faith in me, which came from faith in God, made you whole. Are you getting this? And so what the enemy does, he will challenge you and I to the mites. And his goal is to get you to doubt. Another scenario, Jesus could not do many mighty miracles. He did a, 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 worked a tremendous miracle with this woman. Uh, well, he didn't, matter of fact, he didn't even work it. And that, let's look at that principle right real quick here. And when, I teach on, uh, when I teach on that, I, I, I put emphasis on this particular principle. Notice that Jesus did not lay hands on the woman. Jesus did not even touch her. She touched him. Jesus didn't call for a prayer line. She touched him. Her faith pulled power from Jesus. He said, virtue left me. The Greek word there is power left me. He felt the power leave his body. While everybody was touching him, he said, touch me. And his disciples said, Jesus, come on, man. Now, we, 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 why would you ask us a question like this? And all of these people is pressing on you. And you ask them who touched you? He said, you, you, you all, listen, he had to be really patient with his disciples. You all still don't get it. This wasn't an ordinary touch. This was a touch of faith. Everybody touching me is not touching me with faith. They're touching me in the natural. But there was only one touch of faith, and it pulled power from me. Who is that? Who was that that pulled power from me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? My prayer is that you get a revelation of what God is saying here, that, that you are the one that's the controlling factor, not God. Jesus was not the controlling factor. The womb of this your blood. She determined if I touched him of his garment. 
I will be made whole. And the Bible says immediately her blood, her issue dried up instantly. Now let me give you the revelation of this here, uh, going back to the principle, uh, I'm going to tie it in to resurrection. Scripture we gave was Philippians, uh, or found scripture was 1 Corinthians 15. If, if, if Jesus is not raised, then we're still in our sins, the scripture says. And we're men most miserable. You know, the cross did, the cross and resurrection are the two most powerful things that, uh, uh, that you and I need to understand, the world need to understand. Because what happened at the cross was sin. The power of sin over our life was broken. Not only over our life, the power of sin over God's creation was broken. That's why you and I can speak to the wind. That's why Jesus demonstrated speaking to the wind and demonstrated walking on the water because Jesus was the second man, Adam. I'm showing you all what Adam should have done, how Adam should have operated, how Adam should have took dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the face of the earth. I'm, I'm showing you all. I'm demonstrating to you all. You, need, you and I need to learn how to read the Bible. Stop reading the Bible as a story, but read the Bible as a manual. Read the Bible as instructions that has been given to you. Read the Bible as a mentor, protege. That this Jesus is your mentor because a protege can be everything that the mentor is. A protege is supposed to become everything that the mentor has become. If you start reading the Bible from that particular perspective, think about it. Adam was made, what, in the image and the likeness. And what? The image and the likeness. What? The image and the likeness. The what? The image and the likeness of God. That means he was to operate and function in the earth just like God. The mentor, the protege, supposed to function just like his mentor. The next perfect example, a uh, 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 best example, is Elijah and Elisha. Elisha really did double the miracles of Elijah. Elijah was a great prophet. Elisha was a great prophet. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God's heritage. You and I are heirs of God in joint. Go ahead and say, I am a joint. You are a joint. You are a joint heir with Christ. Joint. Joint. Whatever, whatever one part of the joint experience, the other part of the joint experiences it. Joint. Those of you ladies probably don't know anything about this. Some of you. Anyway, I want you to go to your kitchen cabinet, if you will. Open up the kitchen uh, cabinet uh, under where the sink is located. Open it up and look at the pipes that, that, is, uh, that runs. It's like a U-shape, and it goes into the draining system. But notice that it's not one piece. There is, a, there is another pipe that is connected to the pipe that comes from the sink, connecting another pipe that's going to the grain. So you usually got three different pipes there, and all of them is joint. When water flows from your sink, does it, does it bypass one pipe? No. No. The water is going to bypass, going to go through all three pipes and goes into the draining system. There's a divine connection there. You and I are joint heirs with Christ. 
What that's why the scripture says in First Corinthians, not First Corinthians, First John four. It says, "As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we in this world, not the world to come now. As he is, so are we now. As Jesus is, so are we now. As Jesus is, so are we now." Well, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here because He's helping us. You are not going to be. You already are. I'm going to say it again. You are not going to be. You already are. But here's the trick. I started this this, uh, broadcast off telling you the God of this world come to blind the minds of them that believe not. So what he does, he blinds us, manipulates us, get us to doubt who we are. You know why? Because you measure yourself. Measure yourself with your mistakes, your error. You say, well, I, I, I never did what Moses did. I never did what Elijah did. I never did what Jesus did. That's your fault. I don't know why. Because you don't believe. And it's not your fault. It's us preachers. It's us, us, us preachers, the pastors, us apostles, us prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Because how many of us even believe this? And the way we, and the way we operate, <laughs> we, we have created a system for you to depend on us and not Jesus. We want to work the miracles. We want to flow in the prophetic. But, but we are not doing what the Bible tells us to do according to Ephesians 4. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And ministry is not your church. Ministry is not my church. Ministry, ladies and gentlemen, if you really understood ministry, Jesus did ministry. He didn't have a building. He didn't have a choir. He didn't have someone to play in the B3 Hammond organ, synthesizer. He didn't have a leading bass, bass guitar. See, that's what we call church and ministry. And nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting delivered. No signs, wonders, and notable miracles taking place. Who's been raised from the dead? Let, let, let me stop there because I want to get there. Let me, let me go back. Let me get back to where God, God have us this morning. But we want to challenge you. We need to renew our mind. If not, ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of God is going to continue to progress. But once again, I want to get back to the foundation. You got to understand. So if we have joint answer with Christ as he is, so are we. I'm ask you a question. Is sin defeated? Is sin has sin been conquered? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been sin is defeated. Sin has been conquered. Who conquered it? But Jesus conquered it. What about you? Well, I didn't. Jesus did. But you just told me that you really believe the scripture in Romans chapter eight that we are joint heirs with Christ. See, you got to get the fundamentals down. Satan have no right to you. That's why you get frustrated in doing spiritual warfare. You get frustrated in prayer because you pray and you're waiting for something to happen and nothing happening. Next thing you know, the devil's going to trick you. I see that, I told you. And you go back doing the stuff that you used to do because you're frustrated. This stuff don't work. Saddest thing about it, you don't realize and understand it's already worked. To me, it's not, it's, it don't work. It has already worked. Jesus has already defeated Satan. But you, you're moved by what you see. 
hear, smell, taste, and feel, and not move strictly by the word of the Lord. Faith and grace going back to the same principle. So we waver. We doubt. It ain't God's fault. We doubt. Devil can't make me doubt. It's a decision. That's one thing Satan know. And you ask anybody that used to be a witch or a warlock and got saved, and, and I'm fact, they were high official witches in the world, they would tell you they cannot violate a man's will. There are certain laws Satan got to abide by himself. There's laws that he got to abide by. He cannot violate. that God himself operate by. He will never get you to violate. Uh, he will never violate your will. It's the power of choice. Everything works with the power of choice. In the kingdom of God, and even also in the realm of darkness, everything works like that. So his ultimate goal is to get you and I to stop believing and trusting, to stop walking by faith, and start keep on walking by sight. And he know that he can manipulate us. But going back to your sin. Sin really was defeated on Calvary's cross, ladies and gentlemen. It really was. Sin was conquered and defeated. You said, well, sin was conquered and defeated. Why in the world I still sin? Easy. Easy. You still sin because you're trying to stop sinning. You're trying to do it in your own strength. And don't understand how it worked. Isn't it amazing? You got saved because you had faith in Jesus. Grace came and saved you. Who saved you? Grace came and saved you. As a result of what? You having faith in Jesus. But watch this right here. That means faith in God only worked one time. You've been saved 50 years now. But you only use faith one time. And everything that you call faith wasn't faith. You've had faith in him. Grace came and saved you. You repented of your sins. He came in and saved you, right? That's how everything works. Faith to be married. Faith to be a husband. Faith to be a father. Faith to be a business or whatever. And grace is what accomplishes it as a result of my faith. We cease. We want to operate in faith just to get saved. But what we call faith ain't faith. Well, I got faith to have a car. A faith to what it case me. No. I gave another illustration to my family this morning. This will probably help you out too. Uh, one of my daughters uh, was assigned to read one faith, a part of uh, the manual that we're using. And the scripture, uh, one of the scriptures in there was came from Romans 3. It says, um, all have sinned. Yeah, it was my, my youngest daughter. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Come short of the glory of God. She said, what, what it means for it to come short of the glory of God? That's a good question, sweetie. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a good question. I said, let's look at it this way. The sun rose this morning, didn't it? She said, yes. Did God get glory? She said, yes. The sun settled last night, didn't it? Yes. Did God get glory? Yes. So why did God get glory for the sun rising and the sun setting? 
because the sun is doing what it was created to do. I said, good. So for the sun to do what it was created to do, that means the sun is obedient and God is getting glory because it is doing what God created it to do. Okay. So he said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, a short of God being glorified. Why? Because sin stops and hinder you from doing what God called you to do. Well, put it this way. You can't even do that if you don't know your purpose of existence. The sun's purpose is to rise and settle and to shine light upon the earth, to warm the earth, and so many other reasons. But we don't want to get into the technical thing. But it's doing. It's, a, it's obeying God. And God has been glorified as a result of the sun obeying him. So God has been glorified. So all have sinned. Sin stops a God from being glorified in our life. Why? Because the purpose of us being created was to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the face of the earth, and to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That was the purpose of God. But because sin, we came short of that. Then when sin came in, man no longer had dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the face of the earth. He ceased to fruitful and multiply, but he ceased to do it. But he, he was fruitful and multiplying and replenishing the earth with something else besides what God wanted the earth to be filled with. The goal was man to be, the earth was to be uh, filled with men and women fulfilling the purpose of God, taking dominion of the fish, side of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth being fruitful and multiplied and filling the earth with men and women of God, with sons and daughters of God, not sons and daughters of Adam or sons and daughters of Satan. So all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that means then, going back to, if I don't understand my purpose of existence, I'm going to sin. The Son is fulfilling purpose. God has been glorified. So I asked him a question. I said, uh, is it God's will? Did God establish family? He said, yes. So God is the establisher of family. God is the one that created family. God is the one that created Adam. Then Eve came. Then the children came. God is good. So, okay. Then if the family don't understand her purpose, then the family is going to sin and come short of the glory of God. God is not going to be glorified in that family. Therefore, why do you think there's so, many, so much divorce? Because the husband don't know his purpose of marrying this woman. And this woman don't know her purpose of marrying this man. So therefore, you don't know your purpose, then you're going to sin and come short of the glory of God. So the husband will not uh, fulfill purpose, and therefore, God can't get glory out of the husband's life. The woman, not the wife, is not going to fulfill her purpose, so she's going to sin and come short of God being glorified in her life because they don't know what their purpose is. They think, I'm going to just get married because I love you. You're so fine. You know how that go. You end up marrying because you lust and don't love. And so, therefore, then marriages, God is not glorified in the marriage. 
because uh, both of them is living outside of purpose because both of them don't even know the purpose. And so when we don't know the purpose, we're going to sin. That's like the sun. The stars start doing whatever they want to do. When the sun starts doing all what it wants to do, God is not glorified. Then that means the sun has sinned against his creator who created to fulfill a certain purpose. And the sun has ceased to fulfill the purpose by doing what it wants to do. And not doing what God created it to do. Man, y'all getting a whole Bible study here today. That wasn't my intention to go these different routes, but God's laying foundation with us to be able to do spiritual warfare. And I'm telling you, watching, going back to even spiritual warfare, walking in the supernatural, taking dominion of the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creeps above the face of the earth. That's our responsibility. That means whatever God created this, uh, his creation to do, therefore, it's your job, my job, is to command it to come back in line and function to the divine order which God created you to function. That's the sun, that's the moon, that's the stars. Remember when Joshua was in warfare and the sun was going down and he commanded the sun to stand still until they have enough daylight to destroy the enemies? How could Joshua do that? I'm going to tell you why. And there was no redeemer. Jesus had not come because he was a covenant man. It should show you something. Because he was a covenant man, and under the covenant, his sins had been removed from him by a sacrifice been offered once a year, which is the day of atonement to remove their sins. From God's perspective, perspective, their sins were removed for one year. And because his sins were removed for one year, within that time span, he can have dominion, take dominion. He can speak to the Son. God will, uh, uh, will uh, command us, whatever he says, let me select, whatever he say to the Son, God will automatically operate and obey it for the glory of God. And the glory of God was for them to destroy the enemies. So God allowed the sun to stand still for the, for the, for the sun to continue to shine. They, they destroyed all of their enemies, and then the sun went back in place and settled. He took dominion over the, God's creation. He took dominion over the sun. Are you getting this? There's another law. I did a message ago. I was sharing some principles uh, last uh, Wednesday before last. Uh, here's another law. Show you something about being a covenant man and a covenant woman. And this is warfare and taking dominion over the earth. Here's another principle, ladies and gentlemen. In Genesis 26, there was a famine in the land. And I did a message ago called Prosperity in a Famine Land. Famine, everybody was going to Egypt. Isaac is getting ready to go to Egypt. God said, don't go to Egypt. I want you to stay in this land. Now, in the natural, do that make any sense? And this is what you do not understand, and this is how the devil trick you and manipulate you. Do you not understand the things that God is allowing you to experience is designed for you to bring restoration to it? Because you have dominion. He has given you assignment to exercise dominion and to subdue. Watch this here. God said, don't go into Egypt. Stay in this land. But, Lord, there's a famine here. Everybody going to Egypt. There's nothing here in this land. That's why you think everybody going to Egypt. There's nothing here. Stay here, and I will be with you. That's what God said, and I will be with you. Then my question to you, is God with you? Is God with you? Yes, he's with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you until the end of the world. Then I want you to go ahead and say, God is with me right now. And God shall be with me until the end of the world. Go ahead and say it. God is with me right now. 
Do you really believe that? Yes. God is with me right now, and God shall be with me until the end of the world through the person of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'll be with you. And watch this right here. The problem with the majority of people, they do nothing. What did Isaac do? In Genesis 26, the Bible says um, he did something that was stupid. He did something that didn't, didn't make any sense. He took seed and began to sow in the midst of a famine. He did what? He took seed and began to sow in the midst of a famine. Famine is when there's a light. The earth cannot produce. The earth cannot yield strength to produce and to bring forth crops when seed is sown into it. It has lost its strength. In our resurrection service on uh, last Sunday, uh, we don't do special offerings uh, that much at all. But what happened uh, during our resurrection service, uh, uh, coming to the end, the Spirit of God dealt with my heart by challenging the people with an $80 offering. And there was a young lady that was present. She didn't have $80. She just emptied everything that she had. And she had to pay a light bill uh, uh, that, that week. She just stepped out. On the word of the Lord by the man of God, and they know me. I'm not a manipulator. And um, to make a long story short, I was speaking to her mother in a meeting that we had uh, 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 on Monday and told me that somebody, she went to her, and she kept, kept coming to her spirit, go to the mailbox, go to the mailbox, go to the mailbox. But the mailman won't come till later on, and that, it's late on in the afternoon. Go to the mailbox, go to the so, she just got up and just went to the mailbox. Went to the mailbox. There was an envelope in there with her name on it and had five $100 bills in it. Oh, don't tell me our God ain't good. Don't tell me our God ain't good. But this is how it works. So Isaac began to sow seed. He began to sow seed. Now listen, where in a famine? Where in a famine? Where in a famine? What did it? He sowed seed. What do people do in the famine? Hold on. I have not ceased to pay tithe uh, up since uh, the economic sh thing, uh, shift took place in the earth realm in 2007, I think, when the market changed. In 2007, uh, 2007, 2008, when the market changed, I have still have not ceased. I still, we do, we do about 15% missions from our church. We have not ceased to do that. We might have not, not over because we have not ceased, or we have not backed down on our mission. So we're probably doing more than 15%, probably about 25% of our income. In the natural, we cannot afford to do that. But I made a commitment to some uh, to other people. I made some commitment. So so twenty five, but uh, probably even more is go out to missions every month. And we don't have the same kind of income that was coming in that we had before the market shift at all. But we're still loyal, committed. Why? Because either God's word is real or it's not. Either you're going, to do the, you're going to do what the Word of God says regardless of the climate, or you're going to be moved by the climate. Then you'll be a fair-weather man of God, a fair-weather woman of God. And so therefore the Bible says, in the same year he received a hundredfold. And notice now, watch this, if the earth could not yield and produce during a famine, and he sowed seeds in a famine, how did the earth yield? Once again, God said, I'll be with you. He was made in the image and the likeness of God. He was a covenant man. And by him being a covenant man, ladies and gentlemen, the earth had to come subject to him. The earth had to bring forth. The earth had to bring forth whatever he sowed in. And the power wasn't in the famine earth. The power was in the man and the seed that the man carried. 
the power's in your seed. When the seed hits your hand, when your money hits your hand, it becomes holy. Once them, anything touched the priest's hand, it became holy. You're a priest of the Most High God. Once you get your paycheck, it becomes holy. But you got to understand this stuff. When you give your tithes, pay off, you, you have nothing to do with your preacher. Nothing to do with your preacher. Everything to do with you and your God. You put a demand that a return coming back to you. You don't know how it's going to come. And notice, he received a hundredfold in the same year. A hundredfold, not thirty, not six. A hundredfold in the same year. You are a covenant man, a covenant woman. You put a demand. Listen, some of you have been sowing seeds since you've been saved. You have been, and you and you've been living a med- mediocre lifestyle. And so, therefore, you say, God, I don't understand. Be paid by that. Have nothing to do with nothing but your faith. You are a covenant man and a covenant woman. This is spiritual warfare. You put a demand. I, I pay my tithes. God rebukes the devourer. Well, maybe, you know, maybe I sin. Uh, if you sin, confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteous, ladies and gentlemen. Confess it. And it's over. You're back in right standing with God. Go on like you never did anything. Expect your harvest. That's how he works. He lies to you and get you to doubt. Because if a double man demands unstable on his ways, you get no harvest. You get nothing. The blood of Jesus is guaranteed, baby, throughout eternity. The blood of Jesus has removed you from your sin. The blood of Jesus. You are a man and woman of authority. You are a man and woman of dominion. Exercise your authority. Exercise your dominion. You have a born, uh, uh, not, not born again, but a God-given right and responsibility to take dominion and to subdue, to take dominion and to subdue, to take dominion and to subdue, to take dominion and to subdue. That's your responsibility. So God can be glorified in your life. This is my time is up. I want to pray a prayer over you. You're supposed to be prayer time anyway, but none of y'all, uh, like y'all don't want prayer. Uh, uh, um, every Saturday, is anybody need prayer for anything? I get nothing out of nobody in chat. Got quite a few people in chat. Got quite a few people that's with us today, and nobody be wanting prayer. Well, then take what the Lord has spoken today and exercise it today. Start exercising your authority today. Take dominion today. Subdue today your earth, starting with your body. Your body came from the earth. You take dominion over it. You subdue it. You take dominion over attitudes that try to rise up. Rise up. No, no, that ain't happening here. You got to take dominion over yourself, and then you can take dominion over the earth. When you take dominion over your earth. Well, I pray that the Lord has spoken something to you. That has blessed you, to encourage you, to build you, to strengthen you, to reveal to you who you are. And I pray to God that you got a greater revelation of who you really are. You really are a great man and great woman, but God, because you're made in the image of a great God. You're made in the image and likeness of a great father. That's who you are. But your feelings and your emotions, you need to be delivered from them because that's the what tricked you and messed you up. I've been there, ladies and gentlemen. And I get attacked almost every week in that particular area trying to get me to feel like I'm defeated. I feel like a failure. You're not a failure. Your God can't fail. Your Lord can't fail. The Holy Spirit can't fail. And you can't fail. You say, but I made a mistake. Ladies and gentlemen, 
who made the mistake. Read Romans chapter 7. Paul said, it wasn't me. It was sin that dwells in my members that did that. But it really wasn't me. <laughs> I know this don't make no sense. I know some of uh, what I'm saying, some of this stuff is said, probably messing with some of y'all's heads. Ladies and gentlemen, this stuff is real. It is real. And what makes it real? Christ makes it real. We have an encounter with him. We want you experience him. All this stuff is going to go away. All these doubts, it's going to go away. What keeps me going is not the economy. What keeps me going, not who I know. What keeps me going is him. Living for him. Living to bring pleasure to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into an encounter with Jesus. Once you experience the real, everything else becomes false. It is put right in its proper perspective. Everything has become a shadow when you ever encounter the reality, the substance. Christ is the substance. Father, we are so grateful to you for you enlarging and expanding and increasing our understanding. Now you're opening up the eyes of our understanding. I thank you for this great radio audience today. Your sons and daughters, O oh God, they are the redeem of the Most High God, and they have been reconciled in harmony and favor with you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for the Lordship of Jesus being made manifest in every area of their lives. I thank you for the supremacy of Christ, the preeminency of Christ being made manifest in every area and facet of their lives. I call their finances, O oh God, the currency that belongs to you, the gold, the silver, the precious stones, the oil, Lord God, it all belongs to you, sir. And so, therefore, you you have given it to us, your sons and daughters. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And we thank you for the renewing of the spirit of our mind. We thank you for faith exploding in the hearts and the minds of your people today under the sound of my voice. And those that will come back, oh God, and listen to the archives. And I thank and I praise you for the spirit of the living God moving upon them and in them like never before. We lift up also, Lord God, and Apostle Crusine, who was admitted in the hospital this morning, and we lift him up before you, Lord God. We just stand on the unadulterated and follow the word concerning him. And we thank and we praise you, Lord God Almighty, for the manifestation and the demonstration, O oh God, of his faith and producing the grace to quicken his mortal body in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, everyone under the sound of my voice, O oh God, that the forces of darkness is challenging. Let Jesus stand up on the inside of them and let Jesus. Jesus, oh God, manifests himself as their victor, their conqueror, and their overcomer. Let resurrection authority and power be made manifest under the sound of my voice in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus rules with all authority. He rules with our restoration. He rules with our reconciliation. And I call every man, woman, boy, and girl's spirit, their soul, their heart, their mind, their thoughts, sing their imagination, their marriages, their children, their finances, their businesses, oh God, their investments, I call them reconciled in harmony and favor with the most high God. Even now in the name of Lord Jesus, we cancel all satanic, the money, fleshly, and soulish manipulation. We say not so in Jesus' name. We command right now the fire of God to consume every enemy of our destiny, every enemy of the purposes of God, our a reason for existence in Jesus' mighty name, every enemy of our authority, every enemy of our power, we say not so by the blood of the cross and 
We call you paralyzed. We call you neutralized. And we command you to be put to death even now in Jesus' mighty name. Ah, but we thank you for the increase of the momentum of the manifestation and demonstration of the kingdom of God is increasing and prevailing in every area and facet of your sons and daughters life even now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We take dominion over the silver and the gold that belongs to you. We take dominion over the currency that belongs unto you. And we speak, decree, and declare that sin, O God, has been uh, uh, dealt with, O God, over the silver. Sin has been dealt with over the gold. Sin has been dealt with over the, uh, uh, the currency, the oil. In the name of you, no longer under the authority of Satan, but we bring you up under the authority of our King, the authority of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, even now in the name of Jesus. So therefore, we speak to the currency. We speak to the silver. We speak to the gold. We speak to the precious stones. We call you reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God, and it is coming to us even now. It is coming to us even now, and overtaking us on the right hand and left hand for your glory, sir, for your honor and for your praise. I speak right now employment. There's several people this, uh, today, the Lord spoke, several people that are shallow with employment. I speak an open door concerning employment now in Jesus' name. I speak promotion. I speak raises, even in the midst of this economy. I speak elevation. I speak promotion. I speak it, decree, and I declare to be so, even now in Jesus' name. I cancel right now. I cancel right now. All foreclosures up under the sound of my voice. I command it to cease now in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, go to the computer system. Go into the filing system, even now in the name of the Lord Jesus' name. Make adjustments in Jesus' mighty name. We bring every mortgage subject to the kingdom of God. We bring every mortgage subject to the supernatural realm of God. Even now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank and we praise the God for cutting mortgages in half. We thank the Lord God for canceling some mortgages. We speak it, decree, and declare to be so. We speak it, decree, and declare to be so. We speak it, decree, and declare to be so. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command everything that's been stolen to you. This is your season of restoration. I command it to be restored to you right now in the name of Jesus. Sevenfold in Jesus' name. Sevenfold in Jesus' name. Sevenfold in Jesus' name. I release right now and activate the law of restoration. The law of restoration is activated now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for surprising your people. Surprising your people this coming week. Surprising your people this coming week. I speak and release the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit. Been activated now in your life. Been activated now in your life. Been activated now in your life. You've been reconciled in harmony and favor with God. Favor is all on you. Favor is all on you. You don't have to try to do anything. Favor is all on you. I command you to walk in your favor today. I command you to walk in favor today. I command you to walk in favor today. I command you to hold your head up today and walk as a manifested son and daughter of the Most High God. I speak to your spirit, your soul, your heart, your mind. All oppression has dissipated. All oppression has dissipated. All oppression has dissipated now in Jesus' name. I release the joy of the Lord in your life. I release the joy of the Lord in your life. The joy of the Lord is prevailing even now. 
the joy of the Lord is prevailing even now. This is your due season, and this is your set time, O man and woman of God. Do not be moved. Do not be moved by anything in this realm. There's a scripture that we shared on the broadcast last week. I want to give it to you as I close. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, the Amplified Version. I want you to apply that scripture every day this coming week and watch what begin to happen. I believe with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, by Saturday next week, you're going to experience a miracle. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, the Amplified Version. If you don't have one, go online and read it and apply it and watch what the Holy Spirit begin to do. It's going to, it's going to cause the devil to be afraid of you like he has never been afraid of you before if you apply this verse. Ladies and gentlemen, we do solicit your prayers as well. Pray for me, war for me, battle for me, as I do for you on a daily basis. Uh, I want to see the manifestation of God in every area and facet of your life. This is your due season set time. I don't care what the devil say and what man say to you. Before 2012 is out, even I, I'm, I've been really seeing some things happen about the month of June. You're not going to be in the same place that you're in at this present time. Increase in elevation is taking place even now. God is moving behind the scenes. You don't see what he's doing, but he's doing some awesome things. But this is not the time to fret. This is not the time to doubt. This is not the time to be frustrated. This is not the time to be agitated. But this is the time to dig in. Stand your ground. Hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. For he is faith for that promise. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master King. We love you. Thank God for you. And really thank God for your prayers. Let's do this thing together. Let's ascend together. Let's advance the kingdom of God together. Let the rest of your evening be blessed. And I pray that you have a powerful service on tomorrow. I pray that Jesus' presence will be with you. And I pray that God will use your pastors, whoever they want to be ministering the word of the Lord on tomorrow in your church. I pray that God will use the man or the woman of God greatly and powerfully. And I pray that you will hear the voice of God and you will apply what the Lord is speak, will speak to you through your man. All right. Well, this has been your host, Dr. E. Jimmy Kitchen, Master Key. Once again, God bless you and we love you. Mm-hmm.